ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing with us today and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877 877- 37 grind if you know what you want to talk about you know the rules it is open phone lines the only thing we ask you to do is call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly and also keep in mind if you want to stream the show live and leave comments i'll read those and respond to those on air in real time or respond to them later you can go to the business facebook page of sports grind entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well too and leave comments and like i said if i don't respond to those in real time I'll respond to them uh, later on. And if you um, ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, seven days a week, 365. And also, if you're traveling or you're in an area that doesn't carry as terrestrial radio-wise, all right, uh, or... You're having technical difficulties of listening through your uh, normal means of how you consume us. Also, you can go to sportsgrindonline.com and just click the play button and you'll will appear and you'll get us live there. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So let's see what we got to get to this Wednesday uh, as the sports world continues to move on. Uh, this is the day that most all teams start their preparations uh, for week 15, for the exceptions of the Thursday night game that we have tomorrow. Those teams kind of had an off week uh, and started pretty much started their preparations on Monday or Tuesday uh, as they're getting ready to tango tomorrow. But, however... We will get to some NFL news. We've got big news, uh, according to uh, NBA Patriots reporter Tom Curran, uh, who uh, leaked a story yesterday from sources uh, that the decision has been made on Bill Belichick. Uh, we'll definitely start there here shortly. Give my thoughts on that. I've definitely we've been talking about that throughout the year, the beginning of the year, about his situation that continue as the the struggles continued, um, you know, for the Patriots this season. So we'll get into that. Uh, we've got the uh, site for the 2027 Super Bowl that's been named. Uh, we'll get into that. Also, the NFL owners have uh, voted to double the international gains beginning in 2025. Uh, definitely want to give my thoughts on that. I think y'all kind of know how I feel about that. Uh, we've got some other things as well, too. Uh, PGA golf you have 27 pga players who have filed a lawsuit against the pga uh over the negotiations with lib remember a few months back all of a sudden just like the mayflower truck come and stole the colts uh from baltimore uh back in the day um this deal was negotiated in the night uh behind closed doors between the pga commissioner and uh, the Saudis and tour live and none of the PGA players, they all claim they knew nothing about it. And until this day, they don't even need to know the details of the, of the deal. And that's kind of what this lawsuit is about. So in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, I know tiger, when he came back, uh, you know, for his hero challenge tournament, 
a week ago. I know he spoke on it one of the first days he met with the media in damn near over a year or damn near almost a year. Um, he was asked about it, and he didn't pull any punches. I mean, he didn't hold back. He just said, hey, it was wrong. We didn't know, and we need more transparency, this and that. So now you've got uh, pretty much, I think it's one or two law firms that are representing a total of 27 PGA Tour players. Now, me personally, um, you know, they've been working on this, you know, um, in the background probably for months, multiple months. But I think when you have – Rom, who is the latest to join Tour Live and also reportedly for the money uh, that he got, I think that really puts this more as a priority to move forward. I mean, you know, we're only a month out, um, really probably maybe almost a less than a month out of really starting the official um, 2024 PGA Tour schedule. So, in the grand things of things, I think the game of golf, um, considering the landscape right now, considering Tiger Woods is half the man he used to be for the most part. Um, what was I trying to think? Was that was that Stone Temple Pilots or was that uh, who had that song? Had that verse? I'm half the man I used to be. Forgot what group that was. I've always tried to be versatile over my lifetime growing up, but I know it wasn't hip-hop, but I forgot. But anyway, considering Tiger's situation and... Um, I think Nirvana. No, it ain't. I can tell you right now, but wasn't Kurt Cobain Nirvana. That's not the song. No. Good try, though. I mean, there's Good a Nirvana guess. song, Half the Man I Used to Be. Well, it's not that one. They okay. bit it off a verse from other, which came around the same time, but it's not Nirvana. But anyway, all right. Due to the fact that Tiger is a shell of himself and I, I say that lightly because I don't want to disrespect the man I mean a lot of it's had injuries but even the bigger tiger, biggest Tiger fan I've been I'm to the point now you know that I'm skeptical that he can even make it continuously make it four rounds of golf and you look at that there hasn't really been a dominant player uh, we've tried to hand the baton to guys like Rory Dustin Johnson has had his run. Uh, Jordan Spieth has taken a crack at it. Brooks Kepka has taken a crack at it. But the reality is nobody, and nobody should be held up to the standard of Tiger Woods and that domination of that run when you talk about 01, 02, 2003, that just domination of golf, some of the best golf uh, people say they've ever seen. PJ is in a fragile state um, in regards to controversy and the sport being dominated by litigation and in courts because I don't know if it's as powerful as strong despite whatever this deal is with the PJ and Olive because as far as I'm concerned if John Ron if he's getting 300 million reportedly to leave which is more than anybody else has gotten after the fact that we've gone through this early part of courts and we know who's up and nobody's been barred from majors that's a joint tour live that crossed the the picket lines or however you want to call it then it sounds like more to me that tour live is still getting the better end of this deal or whatever deal they struck with the pga and usually in life that's how it works anyway big bank takes little bank so when i heard this news this morning i, I just felt that the bigger picture is that golf uh, could be in some trouble. And I don't mean trouble in regards to it's going to, the PGA is going to dissolve or all of a sudden there's not going to be a tour. 
But really where I can, I guess the easiest thing to put it in so we can move on would probably just be in that kind of like steroid scandal era that baseball was, meaning that there was no story in baseball, no matter what somebody was achieving, whether there's somebody who's on a 20-game hitting streak or batting almost 300 or 400, no matter what was going on in that era of two or three years, it was dominated. And I'm talking about the early part of the steroid scandal in baseball. The sport was soiled. And, and I think that's what I mean by trouble in regards to where the PGA Tour is headed because you really don't have – the game where you got some good young and a good young American players that are playing the game. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, you still always have that cycle of group that's coming up that we don't even know about it. Um, it could be entering some tough times over the next few years in regards to where it really falls in the landscape of North American sports and how it's reported on. So that's what I predict. Um, but, you know, who probably is going to come save it? A guy by the name of Charlie. Okay. That's carrying Tiger Woods DNA. I just saw an interview with them again that came across my feed. Um, it was like TikTok. I think it was a, it was a uh, splice video. And they were interviewing Charlie. And it's, the more older he gets, the more he sounds like his dad. But he was talking about how he pushes his dad. And there's things to the limit. He goes, until it gets to that point where it's gone too far. Meaning where he's talking a lot of stuff to his dad, Tyre. And Tyre's like, hold on. He's breeding a monster, man. I've seen this kid's video since he was like 9 or 10. It's just eerie how it comes out. And I think that's what's going to make Tiger at peace with walking away competitively, really, to focus on Charlie. Because Charlie, from the sounds of it, He's probably might be the guy that comes along and really saves the game over the vitriol and what's going to be on the horizon, in my opinion. Um, what else we got? NBA. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and start uh, there. Got some baseball news as well, too. I know we're heavy on Otani, but Giants made a big a big signing, uh, in my opinion, as well, too. Uh, we'll get to that. But we can start with the NBA before we transition to football. Um, the Nuggets last night, I mean, we can start with them. The Nuggets prevailed without Joker in Chicago, 114 to 106. Uh, despite him being ejected, I think in the uh, first quarter, the early in the second quarter, Mark, I want to believe, um, you know, I guess he said, I, you know, I've heard Joker's response, and I guess he said the four-letter word um, to an official about a call he felt that was missed. Um, and he was hit with double text and he was ejected. Now, there was some type of night. This was like on uh, Jonas. What was this tonight? Was it um, it was some type of heritage night that I guess that it's part. What was going on in Chicago? Uh, Serbian heritage. Yeah. Night. Um, and I know that's the thing that's floating out today is like, how could this ref do this on this night when he knows most of these people have come to see Joker um, now? And you can also hear that. You hear that language all the time, but it all depends. And again, with the NBA and their official, it just really depends on the official that night and what moods he's in. If he felt it was directly at him, because there's some guys that they're not going to take mess from anybody, whether you're a joker, the reigning NBA champion, finals MVP, or you're the 12th man on the bench, you know, um, Jabby used to be like that. When Jabby repped, I never really too care. I did. I didn't care too much for Steve Jabby. You know, a guy had his hair slicked back. Thought he was looking like the poor man's Pat Riley. He was another guy that felt that you you wondered like you know, hey, the guys like that old saying go, we're showing and we're paying tickets to see the players, not the refs. So they were able to overcome that. 
um, and get the victory in uh, Chicago. You know, they've struggled a little bit on the road. They've gone through their laws here and there. Uh, but that's kind of the story out of that. And Joker said after the game that he said that, uh, you know, I've heard that word on other nights. And, you know, he, he admitted he crossed the line, but he said that, you know, he hasn't seen that be warranted as a double ejection that quickly. You know, he did put that out there. He also said it's a good thing this game wasn't played in Serbia. He said, I'll leave it at I didn't, that. I didn't catch that one. Well, uh, that was a locker room interview. Yeah. Well, this isn't Serbia. This is in America. And it's an American sport. Um, that's. Um, even the even the Bulls broadcasters were outraged. Uh, that was floating around. They were like, "Come on!" They're like, uh, the, the, why, "Why do the referees have to interject themselves? Everybody's not here to see them." I mean, the and refs, you don't really hear that from opponents usually, especially for the other team to lose their best player. I just think referees right now are in a tough spot, man. And I don't want to be like I'm the head of the defend referees union, but I just think it's just like if on the other hand you'll have a group of people that will have commentating the the way commentator i know you're saying this time even the way chicago's having a problem with it uh but you have have people on their social media accounts and team players coaches that way on the opinion like well if that's anybody else that would have cussed the ref out they've been tossed out then on the other hand you have people to say how are you going to joke you know throw him out on this night well i mean and honestly and, and truthfully is i there's sometimes i don't think the refs know that I don't think, I mean, yes, some of them are aware of certain promotions, but you got so much stuff that goes on now in the NBA, certain nights that are certain special things for, you know, the team special. We got Latino Community Night in Miami. We've had it down here in my backyard. Sometimes these refs show up. They don't know what's going on, what promotion we got going on. They're flying from city to city as well, too. And to be honest, which is not really their job to do it. So to me, I don't really focus so much on that. I can focus more on the fact of like, okay, as you say, the word of the day, the word of the year in the NFL has been we people want consistency with the referees. Well, I guess it can go over the NBA. I guess that particular situation can be talked about. What is the consistency in regards to that language? I mean, I heard Brian Winhurst say he sees he hears that at least three or four times pregame and pre warm up a night when he's in different cities, that particular language. But I guess if you're directed to a ref, you catch a ref on a bad day, that's uh, Siberian night or whatever the hell it's going to be, Latino night, I'm still going to toss your ass out. Black History Month, toss your ass out too. That's just reality, man. I mean, what do we want from these refs, man? I'm telling you. If we wasn't in the social, if, if, but if we wasn't in the social media area, because I'm old enough to not, I'm old enough to look through sports through the lens where nobody had a platform way before I got in this business too. It's been the time. I mean, the test of time. I mean, it, like they are humans. I mean, do we want to go to? Do we want to? Do we want to experiment? Do we want to take a page out of MLB and go to the minor league systems and come up with? umpire pitch umpire robots in the back home plate we just do is this where we all want sports to go because so many people are basically entering the gambling world and do, is that's that's what we want no it's, mean, it's, it's really just that to use your phrase and they've been able to run amok for the last 60 years 80 years in some sports but now in the age of social media cal i feel what gets a lot of people uh frustrated is that this is the age of accountability if you tweet something when you're 14 years old, it can cost you money on draft night. Mm. If you say something uh, to a to a fast food employee, it can you can go viral in the wrong way. Accountability. Well, now that we have the the technology, 
the, we need to start holding refs accountable. They can't just say, "Oh, I was having a bad night." If you if if you're a waiter, if, we, if you're a waiter working nine to five, and you're over there working on a table, and you're having a bad day, that directly impacts your paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say this: if we had, um, I can't just come in here if on we, a bad if, day. If, if we've had a profession that basically. Um, If there's a dentist that had to perform a root canal on national television in front of, I don't know, 8 million to 20 million people, how many of those people that have never went to dentistry school or never been dentists would basically critique a dentist on how they're doing a root canal? A lot of this criticism comes from people that have never officiated at the little league level, the pro level. It's when you say hold them accountable, we all want the game called fair and this and that. But it's like you're never going to please anybody because if he doesn't throw Joker out, then the other half is like, hey, well, if anybody else drops a four letter word and tells the ref to go F off, then basically they, they will be ejected. It's a no win situation. Because everybody got an opinion and they think it's important. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest products they have coming in for the holiday seasons, or you already know what they have, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Um, and let me just make it clear before we move on from the officiating thing. Um, 
I've already stated over the few weeks that this has come up, regardless of the NFL or our conversation with the NBA, that I do believe that I think that officials should be the transparency part that needs to be to the fans and to the media is to when you're talking about holding the officials accountable is to pretty much say, hey, this is what they messed up on and they've been docked or they've been fined or they're putting on this demerit more than just relying on the two-minute report. I do believe that accountability, but this whole notion that we're going to get, you know, consistency across the board in all sports and all officials, it's never going to happen. But it's isn't that something we should strive for? No, everybody day tries to uh, strive for perfection, but only the man upstairs is perfect. And somebody's striving to hit 400 uh, average batting, but it's only been done since Ted Williams. I mean, um, there's guys that, uh, you know, strive to shoot 98%. I'm pretty sure Stephen Curry strives the one day to shoot 100% from the free throw line through the season, but it hasn't happened. He hasn't really come close. So Right, but he's putting the in thing. the work to do yeah. so. I, it, yeah. When you look at the way that officials across sports – are call are, are calling things and they, the way that they allow their emotions. It's it's like catching a judge on a bad day, and you're sitting there for sentencing. But that doesn't like, accuse, you that, want you want that hell you want things to be consistent. Right, but that doesn't mean they're not putting in the work. I mean, you don't know if they're putting in the work or not. I mean, the truth of it is, it's a hard. We are judging this from couches, through TVs after the everybody is playing Monday quarterback. We're talking real time. It's they're never. It's never going to be but, perfect. But it's the, the the other part of it. And like you said, I mean, I no, I don't agree that they should take officials outside of or away from the broadcast because the officials are kind of what educates the fans. No, so, I didn't say they should take that away. You were t- saying when we were talking about the football point the other day, you said, well, maybe that's maybe that's the problem with the broadcast. Well, it has maybe added it's to because it. we have Serator and but that and has added to it. Available yes, to us. that has added to it. Yes, but so so don't take that away. Okay, fine. Um, and, and that, the, but their criticisms is what really opens up and and validates the fan base of of any team or of any sport. In terms of saying, look, we have a major problem. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't white Paul revering it. And yes, I understand Paul Revere was white. I wasn't white Paul revering it back in October and saying, well, Calvin, will we have an officiating problem? No, we're seeing this. This is something that's continued. Right. Now we're talking about an NFL, potentially owners' meetings. Mm. You get it to a point where we've seen Giannis get ejected in the first first half of a, of a, a major game. We've seen Joker now get ejected in the in the first half of a major game, and a lot of it just for for small minor infractions, not punching a guy, not punching a guy, not choking a guy out like Draymond Green. Well, I just feel like again, it's it's. I know times and things have changed, and technology have changed, and again, this is all opinionated because. The guy, Gene, that you bring up with, the same thing he's educating the fans on every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday when they go to Gene, like, hey, Gene, do you agree with this call? Whatever. 15, 20 years ago, he was making the same mistakes and the same deal. And he's the, seeing but, where we the, Right, but the bottom line of it is it's not – the fantasy world, guys, get out. It's, it's not, it's it's not going to be perfect. You don't want it to be perfect. It's the human element. Like, it's never going to be – I mean, there's if you just put it in perspective, there's so many things in life that we can't get consistent. But we, but, but we want the world to stop because we expect officiating because we got interest in the game because we're rooting for it because we're playing fantasy sports, uh, you know, and we put our lunch money on it. We've got – you know, we've got a parlay or whatever. So we expect them – 
to critique and them to be perfect when nothing around us in society that we've been striving for has been achieved for perfection. It's just, yes, there's nothing wrong with striving to it, but to complain about every call that because there's so many cameras, there's more games on. So, you know, who's getting ejected tonight to sit here and think like the sky's falling. And this is just something that this problem that's just arose and was never like that is over exaggeration and overreaction. But moving on uh, before we get into the NFL and the big news of the NFL, uh, sticking with the NBA uh, just a little bit, um, um, the other biggest news last night it was even bigger than Joker getting ejected uh, was Draymond Green, which saw the Golden State Warriors fall um, in the desert uh, to the Phoenix Suns, which they have starting to struggle a little bit on the road again. They've come up a little short last night, 119 to 116. Um, and of course, this game, I mean, I watched it in its entirety. Um, Golden State was in control for the game for the most part. Of at the, they were leading at the end of the first quarter. It was tied at the end of the first quarter, 25 apiece. Then they went in the halftime with a three-point lead, uh, came out in the fourth quarter and had pretty much the fourth control, uh, quarter controlled at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, you know, Nurkic and Draymond get into it. And Draymond is frustrated uh with the referee speaking to the devil for not getting a non-call and he's or maybe you know he's feeling that the ref is letting Nurkic just kind of rub him on him too much couple trips down the court and he fells his arms around and he just hits Nurkic with an open fist right in the face and Nurkic falls down um look this is his third suspend uh, ejection and we're not even to halfway mark of the season which is not good um, we've talked about Draymond a lot on this show, and, and we've talked about him a lot in regards to his importance to their dynasty run and also the semi, if not full-fledged, distraction he has become within the team, regardless whether his antics with referees, players, it's been a consistent discussion. So I heard Draymond's explanation Um you know, afterwards saying that, hey, you guys know me. I'm not one to apologize when I do hit a guy or hit somebody. If I feel like it's just this time, I honestly made a mistake. It didn't happen. Didn't mean to hit him in the face. Um, it doesn't matter. He did it. And um, credit report means things in sports and it means things in life as well, too. More now than ever it has. So, unfortunately, Draymond's going to get dealt with. And, you know, the standard um, usually on this two texts and this kind of ejection or whatever um, is a five game suspension. Um, you know, granted what NBA has gone through the policy of doing and handling these things. The problem is they already gave him five games. Just it feels like weeks ago, not even a month ago. So now you're going to have to go beyond that. And it's probably going to have to be presidented. Now, me personally, you know, I've heard people say, oh, kick him out of the league, ban him out of the league. That's never going to happen. And I don't think it should happen. I mean, there's been there's been a lot of guys that have gotten assaulted. I know it's a different time, different NBA, but there's a lot of guys that have been kicked out of the league uh, that were a lot worse than Draymond. Um, but, however, with that said – you know, I'm looking at a suspension that I think needs to fall around probably at the minimum 10 games, uh, probably maximum around you get around 15 to 18. 
Now, once you start going over the 20 mark for people that are screaming that or the then you're talking about getting in the, ter- the territory of what they suspended John Morant for. Now, then you start looking like, OK, Ja got this over waving a gun. Then you start getting in a slippery slope. So I feel that the league needs to get with Golden State. They need to talk to them. I'm, they've had numbers of conversations probably before, but they really need to talk to Golden State and let them know, like, look, if y'all can't control him and y'all can't get this under control, then we're going to hold y'all accountable. Now, I understand you got language and stuff in CBA and you can't really go rogue, but keep in mind that you haven't found a bigger fan than me than Adam Silver. But I also have been telling you since last season into this part of this season, especially last season, this was the topic on this program, that I believe that he's become a little bit soft in his rulings because he's got that mantra where he he's the opposite of his his mentor. David Stern was not really liked by too many players in the league. Adam is the opposite. He's beloved by majority players in the league, and that's a double-edged sword because when it comes to situations like this, you have a tendency to be a little bit too leeway, and there's repeat offenders, uh, similar to the situation where people felt with John Morant. But with Draymond Green, I've got respect for Draymond Green. I feel like, you know, I'm going to say the same thing I say about him that I've said about Travis Kelsey. You know, these athletes, I mean, they make tremendous amount of money, and we all know that. But I think and athletes, for the most part, have always lived good and made tremendous amount of money, I would say, at least in the last, you know, 20 to 30, at least the last 30 years of sports. Okay, 30, 35 years of sports. So now I think the difference of it is, though, is the athletes that are making so much of this money. There's so many opportunities and stuff that go on outside of their court, outside of the football field, the diamond that basically, you know, equates to their brand means more money and more longevity money outside because you only got a short window to play professional sports. We all know that. And there's nothing else like that, not even from a standpoint of adrenaline rush that the athlete would tell you, but their means of income or what they can make. So what I see is kind of where my philosophy is with Travis Kelsey and stuff. And I think Draymond's in that category. If you look at Draymond, what is he doing? He's got to deal with Colin Cowherd and his podcast, Colin Cowherd's new streaming service that he's been pumping for the last couple of years. Draymond is a part of that. He's part. He's guest host of the media on TNT. And he hosts a day or, or weekly or whatever the case may be podcast. And when you involve your stuff in this stuff like this, what does it do? Regardless, there's people going to tune in and his numbers are going to drive up in regards to his podcast. Because what is Draymond going to say? What is his reaction going to be to the suspension? And I just feel when guys end up doing a little bit too much and they're in the middle of the, the you know, and Draymond's on the back end of his career. OK, he's walking up the 16th, 17th tee. Uh, of, of of the 18 holes of golf of life of his uh, sports life basketball life so to me you know it's a thin line between if you're still in the arena and you're still trying to be one common goal how much of that takes away from your hunger and your focus of everything that you needed and the focus with Draymond Green is focusing to control his emotions and he is a very unapologetic athlete you know and, and to me you look at the situation Steve Kerr is in the last year of his contract. Clay Thompson is in the last year of his contract and off to a rocky start. And I've said this before. Uh, Stan Van Gundy repeated it last night as well. They do not have the margin of error anymore. 
to overcome. I mean, that game is a game they're probably going to go on and win if Draymond doesn't get ejected. And it, now the fact of it is, see, they used to be able to overcome this. You know, Draymond get double teed up, run out of the arena, give the arena to double birds. Golden State still wins by 15, 18, 20 in the Kevin Durant era and a little bit even prior to a little bit before the Kevin Durant era. But in that realm of things where they could overcome a Draymond a green, you know, ejection. They can overcome 25 turnovers in a ball game and still win by 10 or 15. Those days are gone for the Golden State Warriors. Does it mean they're totally done? No. But those days are gone, done where they have that margin of error. And I think this is the point where it starts to wear on Steph. Because not only is Steph tired of answering the questions of what the problem is on the road, and what all of a sudden they've lost their mojo, you know, magic of the road because they started off good this year on the road and they've kind of started backsliding. And like I said, Jordan Poole is no, no longer there to blame about the chemistry on the road like I knew he was last year. So you put that on top of now, whenever this suspension comes down, what is Steph really going to be feeling? Because, again, Steph has about maybe, I would say, because of the way he takes care of himself and his conditioning, um, you know, his biggest problem has been the health of his ankles. I would say Steph has a, probably about two years to three years of his prime left and that he can perform at a prime level. I think after that, I mean, Steph could play this game until he's 40 or 42 if he wanted to because he's a pure shooter. I mean, he wouldn't be able to run around the screens as much as you do, but you can run him off things. He could shoot all day. But I don't think Steph's going to be playing that long. He's made too much money, and he's already accomplished, and he's changed part of the game. So I believe right now this patience with Draymond Green is growing thinner and thinner with Steph and Curry, let alone Steve Kerr. So I asked you, Mr. Clark, in your, in, in your theme of way of thinking, because I know sometimes we can think total opposite especially when it comes to sports I see things a little bit different but give me a number that you think that this story considering that he's already got the standard five game suspension what the league pretty much hands out to these scenarios and these situations you know uh considering he's a repeat offender going to be what do you think that this or what you suggest and where do you think it's going to land at in regard to suspensions games for Mr. Draymond Green well, I think 10 is the fair mark okay. um because he is a repeat offender. Uh, there is a conversation, a swell on social media that they don't that there's a portion of NBA fans that don't believe he will get the full ten because of the schedule. We're coming into the holiday slate. Ten games would have Draymond Green if he doesn't play tomorrow, uh, against the Clippers, if they were to come down with a suspension today or tomorrow before game time. Mm-hmm. Ten games would have him not returning until the Nuggets uh, go to the go to Golden State on January fourth. So that's going to mm-hmm. take will take him out for Nuggets Warriors on Christmas Day at one thirty. Uh, you're missing Nuggets Heat, Nuggets Mavs, big time Western Conference matchup there. Um, Celtics Warriors. There's some some key, and of course Clippers Warriors. Well, that- you're missing some key games there. Um. Now the eight would guarantee, right? So if you, so if you, so if you knocked it down to eight, have him returning back uh, right before the new year. I, 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 so I, I would say that they would go with the full ten because you can't give any less than to save him for the holidays. 
Um, but ten is a good number. Double double um, what he had last time. I'm I'm good with anything from ten to fifteen. I'm good with anything from ten to eighteen. To be honest with you, I doubt it. Eighteen to go that high because then you'll get that appeal. Player you come in and that's not unprecedented. There's nothing from that. And then again, like I said, you get in that territory where jaw. You start comparing. Well, in the history, guys have gotten eighteen. I say ten to fifteen. I'm good with. And my thing to the. Let me talk to those people that social media crew out there that's saying that. Oh well, they won't do this they can't do this because the holiday the christmas day schedule look and this particular incident <clears throat> the league and adam silver they they can't take that they can't go well because because the the bottom line is and i use this model with everybody in every sport and i always say this especially with the shield draymond green is not bigger than the game of basketball okay michael jordan wasn't the guy that the logo is on every jersey speaking of jerry west wasn't LeBron James, the king isn't, nobody is. So when you say and you really truly are a commissioner that lives by that motto, screw the national televised games through how much this could basically hurt Golden State record-wise and playoff chances, this is about sending a message to know because honestly, Draymond, this is, <clears throat> this is even out of character for Draymond Green, in my opinion. I've been paying attention to Draymond since he came out of Michigan State with Tom Izzo. And I've been paying attention to this dynasty even before it got started, as soon as Steve Kerr showed up and replaced Mark Jackson. So I'm telling you this is even out of character for Draymond Green. And the way I look at it, there could be something going on besides my whole, you know, lack of focus because you got podcasts. You go, I mean, there's something personally that he could be going on with his life that has him acting out of regards where you want to say the choking with Rudy Gobert, this situation. We never know what whether it's athletes or people in life are going through. Um, in regards that could trigger them and that they're fighting something because there's something going on with him. But I think to figure that out and deal with that, whatever that case may be, I'm good with 10 to 15 games, anywhere from 10 to 18. I don't think it's going to go as high as 18, but I'm definitely good with 10 to 15. And I like and I like Draymond Green. When you say it's not and this is different from Draymond Green, we haven't seen this before. Are you talking about more the assault part, the choke out, the the punch, different, which talking, is different than the kicks in the package I, I, yeah, and the, and the I, pulling guys down? I, I'm, right. I'm talking about the the quick fuse to be base, basically physical. Like Draymond has always been a guy that's going to talk trash, going to try to you know give you the elbow, chick. But I'm talking about the anger and the quick fuse to be you know aggressive when you know all eyes are on you anyway you listen to the sports grind today show is being presented by dosecki's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios we'll be back when life sounds too much like this it's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. 
Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 